the talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today, Suicide Silence brings the rock and roll back to TIJ. Guitarist Mark Hillman and singer Eddie Hermida are here. And yes, they are going to address the petition that got started a couple weeks back to try and stop the release of their brand new record, which came out today. The new record's self-titled, and you'll find out why coming up in the show. There's a very good reason. Yeah, there's actually fans that are petitioning for the album not to be released. I mean, are those even fans? I mean, calm down. Listen to the music. Listen to the rock and roll, man. You're going to hear also what it was like for Suicide Silence to continue on after the tragic death of their founding singer, Mitch Lucker, who was killed in a motorcycle accident. Mark talks about that terrible day, and and he and Eddie recount the story of how Eddie came to join Suicide Silence and save them uh, from, from, from total demise. But what it's been like for him the last few years to win over Mitch's fans and honor his memory at the same time. Of course, we're going to talk about the new Suicide Silence album, which is a huge departure for the band it's their second with eddie and their first with legendary producer ross robinson we got some studio stories some touring stories some life stories some making uh video stories some trombone stories some suicide solution stories because i'm an idiot keep calling them suicide solution all kinds of other crazy stuff with mark and eddie but before we get to suicide silence here's how you can become a part of the talk is jericho army this is not the kiss army it's the tij army sign up for the talk is jericho automated email service at podcast1.com slash Jericho. You'll be in the know when it comes to the show and uh, be able to share all of your favorite episodes with a single click of a button. Join at podcast1.com slash Jericho. You'll find out about all the guests uh, every week, bi-weekly, uh, what the, we're going to talk about, the topics, all that other stuff. So podcast1.com slash Jericho. Go do it now. All right. Also, something else I want you to do. You know I'm able to do this podcast for you for Toyspeak for free because of the amazing sponsors like NatureBox. Not just supporting this show, NatureBox is supporting my hunger and keeping me snack uh, snack filled on the road. It's making my snacks much tastier, much healthier when I go on the road. I throw a couple NatureBox snacks in my carry-on and I'm good to go for a long day of travel, long flights overseas to uh, Germany, Nuremberg, Germany, like I, uh, I'm here today. And you longtime talk as Jericho fans know that my go-to snacks are the coconut cash. I always have those on hand, but if that's not your thing, guess what? NatureBox has literally hundreds of other choices, including dried fruit, granola, nuts and seeds, a bunch of other great snacks like white cheddar caramel popcorn, vanilla bean wafers, uh, nom-noms. They got something for everyone. Nom-nom-nom. Manamanam. And you'll feel good about eating Nature Box snacks because they got no artificial colors. Check. No artificial flavors. Check. No artificial sweeteners. Check. All the snacks are made up with high quality ingredientes. And if you ever try something you don't like, Nature Box will replace it for free. Okay? Nature Box delivers their snacks right to your front door, and they've recently made their service even better. Now you can order as much as you want, as often as you want, with no minimum battle juice required, and you can cancel at any time. Check out their snack catalog at naturebox.com slash Jericho. And when you place your first auditor you'll get 50 percent off that's right 50 percent off your first order at naturebox.com slash jericho get your healthy snack on have it delivered right to your front door just go to naturebox.com slash jericho that's naturebox.com slash jericho have the greatest snacks the tastiest snacks the healthiest snacks you can possibly have naturebox go check it out naturebox.com slash jericho your uh your 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 figure and your stomach will thank you talk is jericho and one of the things that he did was Zappa said, okay, you have to transpose all the guitar solos onto a piccolo. Oh, shit. You know, yeah, yeah. So he did it, and then there was one song that I don't, I'm not sure that, I'm not a muso, but mm-hmm. the the key 
couldn't be translated into piccolo or something it's like, like a this. That's clef, what I was like, bass or treble. Yes, or something and like he that. took it back to Zappa and said, "This one can't be uh, translated into piccolo." And Zappa went, "You passed the test." Yeah, and nice. Make sure that you that is actually awesome. Doing that. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Actually, right? Well, then I feel good for questioning that. I was like, "That's not." Yeah, I see, you know, and you, you must be a muso, Eddie, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So we're I, here. We're, yeah, we're, I played trombone in in like pretty much from second grade on to. Me too. I, oh, really? Oh, nice. No shit. I made the I made the uh, car mistake of giving up guitar lessons to take up trombone. <laughs> wow. That is the biggest Thinking mistake. like, well, listen, how many guitar players are there? If I can get the rock and roll gig as a trombone This player, is going to get me laid. This is going to get me laid. <laughs> right. And my teacher was this guy, uh, Brad Roberts, who was the uh, the singer of the Crash Test Dummies. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know that mm yeah. mm song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he grew up in Winnipeg, and he was nice. my guitar teacher. Hell yeah. So I quit Brad Roberts to go play trombone. What the fuck are you thinking? Really? What happened? <laughs> The coolest thing you could have ever done, dude. <laughs> How did you get into trombone into heavy dude. metal? Uh, okay, so I was. We, we had a. They called them assemblies. You mm-hmm. know, the multi-purpose room where we played basketball and uh, ate ca- our food. Um, one day, they just ushered all the all the kids from our elementary school into this place, and they had this like quintet of people who were basically showing what appreciation of music is to you know to people who didn't love music i grew up loving music my mom was a big beatles fan right so like rock and roll and music was always ingrained in my my body my mom sang so and she had a really beautiful voice so i was always just really enthralled by the sounds of music and all these people come in and i'm like watching these people explain to other people like they're taking the uh the pink panther music and uh (laughs) and transposing it to be really pretty or really evil sounding, mm. and and then they because the uh, panthers diminished, well, yeah. so you can move that around into Ex- many different exactly into, interesting yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and they were like kind of dumbing it down for for children you know like and doing this big assembly and one of the guys played trombone and when they did the when they that did the trom- probably badass when they <laughs> did the trombone the trombone is that a trumpet though. Uh, no, Maybe it's a saxophone. Pink Panther, oh, okay. it's a saxophone. Yeah, it's a saxophone. Yeah. But everybody was playing it and doing their renditions, and then they were doing like, oh, man, you can totally change the vibe of a conversation. And they had two people acting, and the trombone player was playing the music, and it made it sound really evil at one point. And I was like, I was like, this thing is sick. So you wanted to do evil trombone? Dude, I wanted <laughs> I just, like, the most evil trombone. I just thought it was such a versatile thing. I was like, this is the instrument. I, I don't. I had a calling to it. And then from there, I started playing. And he's uh, good too. And like, like oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like I, I want to bust it out and starts busting Star Wars and shit right away. Like I don't you know. know I was thinking like like uh, uh, ACDC, Long Way to the Top. You want to rock and roll? They had Bond playing uh, the bagpipes. Yeah. yeah. You guys need a Suicide Silence song with you busting out a wicked trombone dude, lead. Next record. Why not? We, right? we had we had all of our instruments in the room when we were writing this recent record. Uh-huh. He had his trombone, but yeah. But pretty much everybody that was like, once you busted it out, it's yeah. like, what are you gonna yeah, do? With that? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like it doesn't quite fit. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because uh, uh, in, in in the WWE there's the, this act New Day, the New Day. I don't know if you guys are wrestling fans, but one of the guys comes down to the ring with a trombone what? and he's playing the trombone like he's made the trombone like a mainstream. Oh. Because oh the, 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 the thing is, is like new day rocks. People say he's like, 
Okay. And it's like, dude. And so then. Uh, That's pretty good. About six months ago, we did a little thing where I had to grab his trombone and start playing it. I had to practice like for a while to get the embouchure right. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing that goes away. Man. You gotta really yeah. get it. It's not yeah. like guitar where you just lay it down, dude, right? Dude, I, I picked it up for like maybe 30 minutes and I put it down and my, my lips were swollen. It looked like I just got a collagen <laughs> yeah. implant. And I was like, I was like, ow, dude. Oh, man. It's like the. My uh, chops are gone, dude. What's the guy's like, uh, what a wonderful world. Whoever that guy is, uh, he had those big giant cheeks from blowing. Yeah. Is it was it Louis, uh, Louis Armstrong? Yeah. Louis Armstrong, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the giant what frog cheeks. Yeah. So something you never thought you'd hear uh, discussed uh, with suicide silence, t- trombone and brass instruments. But, but that's what, what we do here. That's where vo- I mean vocals. They, that's where they come sure, from. Sure, it's cool. You know, it's like I mean, it it, it, sh- it shows you the the positioning of the air and how to manipulate a note and mm-hmm. and and where to find the note. There Lung is no control. There is no oh, keys. Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no like button you can press and create a note. So you have to find the That's note in your from your mouth. One of the one of the lessons that I learned from a, a, a badass jazz uh, trombonist, it's he uh, he told me to to put the the mouthpiece to my mouth and do a, a scale. So do a full uh, major scale with just my mouth and the mouthpiece. Oh, okay. And from there, it, like, it taught me how to manipulate a, a, a note without moving the slide. So it, it was like, that was like groundbreaking. It blew my mind that wow. you could do that. Well, one, one of the big, uh, I know, vocal warm-ups that a lot of guys do, including Chuck Billy that night when we did the Metal Allegiance thing, was they do the... <laughs> Which is totally you're you're acting like you're blowing into a wind a wood a brass instrument. Brass instrument. It, 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 it controls your diaphragm. Yeah, that's what that that's what it stuff. is. It's that's I, that's it's it all goes hand in hand. It's you know, the, like it's, air yeah. instruments. It, it, that's all this is. It's and it, whether your throat, you're it's whether a, you're singing heavy metal or singing you know a jazz thing, it still comes from the same concept of, of how you get your vocal control. Exactly. When you yeah. said trombone, it made perfect sense. Cause I mean, I, <laughs> at the at Metal Legions, I was completely blown away. I'm not trying to toot your horn right now but no pun uh, intended <laughs> oh, kind of <laughs> but that went uh, right over my head trombones. but uh but i have to be candid and say i i wasn't privy to to fozzy and, yeah, and yeah. your and your and your skill so when you're on stage Vocal with mark prowess. when you're on stage with mark and you're all of a sudden you're just belting out these halford highs and i was just like yeah, yes, dude, I'm yeah. so like, oh my god! And not, <laughs> it's because you're a trombone player. Man. <laughs> That's exactly why, man. Chalk it up, dude. But we're here yeah. with Eddie and, and and Mark from from Suicide Silence, and it's funny because I'm glad we got to set this up. Eddie and I were going to do this. I think we're probably with you as well, Mark. Yeah, I yeah. So. yeah. At Nam, which yeah, we're okay. talking about, is right. is the biggest like holy shit. There's so much stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. And our mutual publicist George, great guy's like, you got to do Suicide Silence. I'm like, well, maybe we can do 11 or 12, and then we get to rehearsal and there's yeah. 18 songs that these guys want to learn i'm like dude you can't do 18 songs in an hour yeah, yeah. oh yeah. We, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out and so it didn't it's always work like out that, but right? it's always that way right we'll, 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 we'll make it happen we're what? all professionals <laughs> yeah. you know and yeah. so we did do the metal legions which was great you did five minutes alone with carla and, yeah. and the guys and that whole show was sick very dude. cool right and so so like it's badass. I, I kept saying this to my friends and my girlfriend. I was like, dude, you, you know, the biggest thing is to see all these names, these big names that you attribute with ego. Mm. A lot of people like to go, oh, ego this, oh, ego that, oh, this guy's this, this guy's that. And then you actually put all these guys in a room together. And when we start 
dick and fart jokes and, That's and start exactly talking right. about, oh man, who's having a whiskey with me or who's having a, <laughs> who's having a shot of vodka right before we go on stage? I'm a little nervous. And then you're like, you're nervous? <laughs> you got like, yeah, Chuck Billy's there and, um, and Alex Skolnick and Mark Asquida and Mike Portnoy and Charlie Benanti and Gary Holt and the list goes on and on. Billy Sheehan. Yeah, man. Showing up to do an yep. Exodus tune. Like I it was just so a great floored. mix of dudes. And like you said, Phil Demmel. Phil, Phil Demmel, yeah. Great player. Yeah. He might have been the best guitar player on stage that night, I think. Uh, I, he did every single Skolnick. song. Skolnick kind of like Skolnick is, is, is a wizard, but I'm just yeah. talking like Phil held that together oh, right, with right. like watching the drummer for Make the Change Now. And yeah. Like, okay, it's your yeah. soul. He yeah. was almost He's a like, jammer. He was the musical director of, yeah, of that, totally, of that totally. thing. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. I, was, I was like, I was like, feeling that same thing and like I would look over to him and be like are we are we nailing it right now you were treating oh, him like you treat me on stage yeah. I walked you I watched you walk over there and like uh, almost give him the microphone like you would to me and I'm like don't do that to Phil right now he probably doesn't want to sing and then you're like you didn't do it yeah. I was like uh, I, I, that's exactly the vibe that I was I had I was like I would normally give the mic to Mar- Mark right now oh wait he's not Mark All right, uh, good were you there Mark that yeah, night yeah. oh were you I didn't yeah, even know yeah. Yeah. yeah I was hanging out in the I was watching with Jeff Loomis oh okay in the back yeah and, uh, all the rest of Name dropper. There. Dude, Jeff Loomis, though. Another, it's like <laughs> the Rippers. Like, when you're at, when I'm at Nam, like, being a guitar player, musician, guy, like, I'm always just kind of gravitated to be, like, around the sick Rippers. And there was, like, a <laughs> corner at that show where it was just a bunch of Rippers all watching the show. <laughs> it, was, it was super cool. It was like... And then just yeah, you you going out there. I still like gave it up to him. I was like after after he was done, I was like Eddie, you never you always like, remind me that you are like one of the best vocalists in <laughs> metal great. right yeah. now. I was like, that was so sick. Just kick stop ass. it. Stop it. Stop, stop it. Right it. Continue. Was, stop it. Continue. Stop it. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Let me hear that again. But stop. Please. <laughs> How did you get involved with that, uh, Eddie? Um, Mark Mengi. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess. Um, okay. So Nuclear Blast is the label that that puts on uh, Metal, metal Legions and. Uh, I guess Mark went. Do you have any artists that uh, are available? And um, we have, you know, five minutes. We want to do five minutes alone or I'm broken uh, by Pantera. And uh, Tommy Jones is a he's the art director uh, for Nuclear Blast. And he said, and he's been a longtime friend of mine uh, through the heavy metal scene. He uh, he was w- very involved with. Uh, with uh, his production company and making videos and, and, and doing DVDs for bands. And uh, he and I hit it off. We smoked weed together. That's how you That's how you bond in this world, man. You, you do the drugs and then everything gets... Everything, everything seems so clear. Everything, is, everything seems so clear. Except the hard um, stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get that out of there. <laughs> yeah, it's not the days for that anymore. Uh, but him and I just hit it off and he suggested that I would be perfect for a Pantera you know yeah it was great because I know they had that song on the set list and it was like who are we going to get to sing this and, yeah because you know, it's not it's, me and Mark can't do that one of my favorite bands of all time right. you know it's, it's, I remember uh, getting carried uh, in a mosh pit up to the front and Phil high-fiving me and I was like I need to be a singer in a band <laughs> and, and you are and here, here you are dreams coming true so it was a big deal for me it was, it was a really cool really cool thing I, I was really honored to be in that circle of, of of guys that I really look up to yeah. uh, and being in just in that presence and then going up there and doing just my thing yeah. and getting accepted. It was, it felt really nice. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It really a lot was. of fun. It really was. And it, it's perfect timing too, because you were out there uh, spreading press for yourself and the band with the new yeah. record, Suicide Silence, exactly. which is self-titled. Yep. Yeah. Suicide Silence, record. Yeah. which I always have a trivia question. Can you name a band that has, 
the name of the band that has a self-titled record and a song on the album that's Dude, called that. Dude, that's my favorite joke. I'm always like, oh, Black Sabbath off the record, Black Sabbath released in 19 Black Sabbath, like the year, like, <laughs> or like, you know, or like, like Iron Maiden's Iron that's Maiden right. off yeah. of the record Iron that's Maiden exactly released right. in 19 Iron Maiden. <laughs> so like, we just throw it in the year. Iron Maiden, yeah. I really wanted to name the song Silence, Suicide Silence, just for that purpose it, not for that purpose it was like it was like the song that was defining us and i didn't really think about that mm-hmm. and then one of my one of my buddies back home he's like dude you can't do that that's like suicide silence off the record suicide silence and the song and suicide rules. silence what, what bad company's bad company up a 19 <laughs> bad company like, just... why why uh, why did you decide to call the record suicide silence man i we're semi-calculated in all of our our doings and uh i think we just said it after our first record like if we get to if we last to uh our fifth record let's do a self-titled because probably Mm. that would be out of our senior record and into (laughs) into like a a unknown type of uh into our university record yeah our university high school university graduating i don't know it was just it's uh I will say probably because of the Black Album, you know, from early on. We've always kind of followed footsteps of a lot of our favorite bands, and we never really knew that we would last this long. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're here. And then uh, and then once we met Ross Robinson, who produced it, who's a major influence on all of us. And he ha- he's known for self-titled, every, uh, self-titled records. Like Slipknot, every- Slipknot, Corn, Corn. 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 <laughs> Uh, the cure, the cure, the cure, the cure. <laughs> wow, he did the cure also. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely a very uh, polished producer, very legendary producer. I, I wouldn't call him polished. I mean, yeah, he's polished known for his, his rawness. But... Polished in his own way. Polished, a refined, I guess rawness. polished resume. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Basically, a, a very legendary dude for producer. sure. Yeah. How did you end up working with him? Oh. Well, it was a long yeah, time coming. <laughs> we've we've pretty much figured out when we were in the studio that. Everything we've done almost led us to bring us to Ross Robinson. Like we, when we did our first record with John Travis, he came at us as a producer and said, "You guys are amazing live. We're, we're going to record you live, and you're just going to play the songs, and that's how we're going to capture you because you guys are such a live force." Mm-hmm. And that's like a kind of a Ross Robinson angle. And John was kind of, you know, bouncing on the fact that we're influenced from a lot of things that Ross did, uh, and then. Every step along the way, it's just we're like closer and closer to meeting Ross and and getting in there with him. And he, like you're saying, he's a, he's a renowned producer. And coming from our like death metal roots, it's kind of hard to get in to record with somebody like Ross. Yeah. But uh, you know, with this, it was uh, you know, we'd we'd, we'd met him previous, you know, before we started, and uh, uh, we were in the position where it's like, you know, what this is a this is the time where we take our band in a different direction, where we like shock our fans, shock the heavy metal world and do something really outside of our our wheelhouse and that's when we're like ross is the guy for sure for this let's get him you know get him out here talk to him and it was just like sparks right away Mm -hmm. it was just you know he was reading right into us and just you know saying everything the way that we were feeling about you know just putting fear aside of you know anticipating maybe fans not liking something or you know maybe having bad reactions because we've got such a a niche that mm-hmm. we've really created for ourselves and and getting outside of that niche is scary because people will talk shit 
And so what what did you do on this record that that's so completely different from the past? Okay, so because if you're listening to to your first single, Doris, I mean, still blisteringly heavy. They're still yeah. screaming your ass off in a good way. Yeah. I didn't really see what the kerfuffle was about because some <laughs> fans, <laughs> as we'll talk it, about, there's it, there's it, a it petition like to ha- not have this album it's released, which I love. I love it like, too. Like under what grounds? Like yeah, the, the, who uh, who is going to take that seriously? The, 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 the judge of rock will yeah. go. Yes, this album is not coming out. <laughs> You know, the nuclear blast is going to go, you know what, uh, you know that you know the, that money that we just fronted <laughs> yeah. you guys so you guys could record this record? You know, just p- yeah. put it in your pocket, Six, don't worry about 63 it. 63 fans yeah. have <laughs> demanded it does not come out, and yeah. we're going to listen to that. Um, uh, the biggest it's difference. Eddie's fault. Yeah, it's, and it, it's of course you're going to get the blame. We'll uh, talk about that, too. Right? Um, <laughs> uh, the, I think the biggest the biggest thing uh, uh, that, that is different on this record is that it's not... Um, it's not as heavily influenced by death metal. Uh, mm. It has a lot more nuance from different areas of rock and roll and and music in general. I mean, the, the more, more more melodic singing, uh, clean, well, singing clean, sing, clean, clean singing is the the easiest the easiest target. But the music in itself is uh, allowing clean clean mm-hmm. singing. A lot of our stuff was atonal. We we you know we're known for the one zero one two three <laughs> zero you know breakdowns and the dun 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 it's very death our, metal our music was almost guttural. anti-music when we first started you know we wanted to piss people off with our anti-tradition with with this with the songs which is what we kind of built it around mm-hmm. and this time it was like chord progressions changes key changes what? you know things that Mind are chords, part of music <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. and that that is as weird as it is to say that's such a big difference for our music and listeners yeah. to hear all of a sudden a chorus with chord progression mm-hmm. like that's actually not something we've really but done it, but isn't that and this it's one of the things like listen I, we're, we're all music fans here and no one a uh, bigger metallica fan than me i'm sure all of us but i know from my experience was a Metallica fanatic. Now yep. I, I joined in on Ride the Lightning, but then hearing the 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 blowback to Fade to Black at yeah. that point in time, yeah. people just hating yeah, the fact sellouts. that there was acoustic guitar yeah. on their second record, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. and then move forward to the Black Album, which you mentioned. I hated it when it first came mm-hmm. out because I was a Justice guy. Yep. Then I hated Load when it came out. You know, yeah. you go back and listen to them. Obviously, Black Album is the best, yeah, and Load is actually pretty damn good too. Yeah. 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 Taken yeah. for what it is. Yeah. So. Fans always have this problem when a band evolves. Yeah, and and it's I don't think it's a problem mm-hmm. right now. I'm taking it, I'm taking it for what it is, which is we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Complacency would have been a problem to mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, uh, hey, you guys really nailed it on the head. Coming from a 15 year old kid, mm-hmm. that means we're not doing our job. Right. You know, these kids ha- don't know about Metallica. They don't know about Judas Priest. They don't know. You know, the, those aren't the, the the metal that I come from. Isn't what they come from. Mm-hmm. So they're what they come from is us, and if we change it up, we're messing with their identity, man. We're we're really uh, throwing a, a spoke in 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 their sure, uh, sure. a wrench in their spokes. Into the spoke, you know? yeah. You know, and and it hurts them. You know, it bums them out. You know, I, that's why I don't take any of that hatred or any anything of that like of that nature i wouldn't even say hatred it's more like a hesitation exactly you know, resistance. Um, wanting to re- resistance yeah, time. yeah because if you look at the greatest bands of all time we're doing this right now in the new fazi record it is different from what we're known for but it's not completely different from from who we are as a band sure. it's the same thing as you talk about you know kiss i was made for loving you or the stones miss you or rod yeah. stewart do you think i'm sexy yeah. they went disco it's not disco <laughs> no. it's just a disco beat to it but it's still kiss I mean, yeah that's, yeah that's 
that's a Kiss song if I've ever heard one. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you're talking about the songs that you're doing. It's like the best bands, if it's Zeppelin or U2 or Sabbath or Beatles. Guns N' Roses, Beatles, they have different sounds. Changes. By Changing. Black Sabbath, dude. Changes. Do you, exactly. Pla- that is like planet, the, you know, uh, planet, planet caravan. caravan or I mean, those are, sunrise. Sure, they're yeah, not yeah. Sabbath tunes no. per se. Yeah. Yeah. Junior, uh, jun- not Junior's farm, but it was it eyes of whatever. <laughs> Something about Junior and a farm and on a Sabbath tune. Oh, I'm gonna get flamed for it. <laughs> yeah, right. Send complaints at Talkie Jericho. You're not metal, right. dude. Through Junior's oh, eyes, dude. I think. Yeah, it's yeah right. Anyways, yeah, a lot I don't of. I know what the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, I, but that that that's to be expected. I think it, you should do that as a band. Yeah, Because there's only a couple bands Slayer ACDC that can do the same record for 30 years and do it well but I'm not sure that's honestly in the last 10 years it's been the the fans have run the the underground scene which Mm -hmm. is the underground is supposed to be known for checks and balances I guess you could say you know like hey you know uh, these metal bands are putting out pop records cool well there's a a sick underground movement that's gonna give you everything that you don't want right sure you know and uh, we were the underground the, our fans are, are are made in that world. They're complacent to replaced sounds in the studio, cheap recordings because underground bands don't make a mm-hmm. lot of money. It's a small niche, and when when it's time for us to spread our wings as a band, where you know we've been doing it for ten years, it's I want to do something a, a little bit different in my life. You know, it, I you can't drive the same car forever. You know, that's sure leases are a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is this something that you did uh, uh, that you made a point of saying we want to do something different with this record, or absolutely. that come organically through with working with Ross? Or uh, it was, I think it was something that for me, I, I knew going into this band uh, when I when I was asked to join. I knew that the first record had to be us proving our 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 worth and us proving who we are, and then the next record was going to be the the record, the mm-hmm. record where I could really do something outside of what I've always done, um, which is I, I had been there for years. I, I've been I've been wanting to do this record for a long time now. It, it, I there's I've gotten about as far as I'm going to get in the in the metal community, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's I, I was very happy with where I was at, but now it's time to push myself. I'm a musician, man. I I'm, I need to grow. I need to I need to learn. I need to learn how to do this. You know, I need to make my mistakes. I need to I need to fall into the mud and get back up. Mm. You know, that's did you agree with that, Mark, when you were writing? Or? Absolutely. I mean, challenging ourselves and also going into it wanting to challenge the metal community, where mm. it's like we see a, a, a stagnancy that happens where it is affordable to to record this or it's uh it makes sense to just you know record with the same person that we recorded with last time or or do things that are very safe and and then you know metalheads and the metal community they kind of do they 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 grow like an ownership of the music they like it's this is my music i i own this and uh with us it's like you know i know and we know that people feel like they really are connected and own our music but at the same time, we connect with all our fans so much. We know them. It's like we're a niche band. We hang out with our fans. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of these people, yeah. and we know that they're more open than that. And Absolutely. and that gave us like this confidence where it's just like, dude, like we have wrote, written these records and always said, you know, we'll do this kind of thing on the next record. You know, we'll we'll, we'll work on something like that on the next one. This one, let's let's keep it safe mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of, it was that time. Was, let's go into this. We have a group of guys that are all in good, 
you know, positions in our lives, which is is unique because we've came from just a wild <laughs> roller coaster of heavy metal and sure. debauchery, and like now it's like, all right, we're grown. We can actually put a schedule in front of us, go commit to each other to all show up in a in a jam space and work on music together and encourage each other to test ourselves, push ourselves, and. Uh, it was just that time to, like you said, you know, spread our wings, mm-hmm. show everything that we can potentially accomplish with music, not just inside of this death metal box that we're, you know, real hesitant to, to stay within. Yeah, but I mean, let's talk about that a little bit more, especially given the circumstances of how and why uh, Eddie joined the band. But before we continue on, I need to say a quick thank you. Well, first, a quick congratulations to Diamond Dallas Page for being named to the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, I sent him a text saying he deserves it, not just for the work he's done in the ring, but almost as much for the work he's done outside the ring due to DDP Yoga, okay? Uh, and I, he, he's been tremendous with helping people uh, change their lives around, uh, helping me to perform at the top of my game both in wrestling and singing that's why i'm the 61 minute man in the wwe also doing some of the best vocals of my career on the new fozzy record that's coming out in a few months we have a title we have a cover you're gonna love it uh in the meantime ddp yoga is gonna keep me loose and limber on the road when fozzy starts touring again in may and uh as i continue to work in the wwe here uh, in march and april and february and all these other great dates ddp yoga has been helping me for the last five or six years it's the first thing i did when i got off the plane here in germany it's such a great pro Program and it's so much more than just a workout. DDP Yoga is a healthier way to live, and Dallas Page is making it so easy. It's so easy for you to get on the path to healthier living, okay? And now it's the time for you to do it. You got to take advantage of this tremendous deal that Dallas is offering. You get 25% all DDPY merch and swag, and when you buy a max pack or a combo pack, you'll get a second one for 50% off the price that's already 25% off. It's an amazing deal. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, and yes, when you buy the DDPY DVDs, you also get three months for free of the DDP Yoga Now app. And with the app, you can do DDPY anytime, anyplace, anywhere, right from your phone or tablet. The app not only lets you do all the workouts right from your phone, it's also got a bunch of other cool features to keep you on that path, once again, a healthy living. And DDP Yoga Now app subscribers will never get bored doing the same workouts over and over again because DDP's added completely new 2.0 workouts and weekly live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center, man. And like I said, Dallas is offering you all this, this incredible deal on DDPY. Get 25% off all DDPY merch and DVDs and buy a max pack or a combo pack and get a second for 50% off. That's 50% off on top of the 25% off you already got. All right, just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's all you got to do to take advantage of this great deal. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Change your life today. Get in the best shape of your life uh, mentally and physically and do it now, man. All right, so this is a 30-second commercial. I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. I'm talking about Geico. Go to geico.com today, G-E-I-C-O.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out of time. Talk is Jericho. Let's talk about that, though. You mentioned, to Eddie, you said when you came in, you take the blame. You talk about kind of... The first record after what we're talking about is is your original singer Mitch Mitch Lucker passed away, mm-hmm. yeah. which you're talking about the worst thing that can happen for your brother for for your band for all these different things. It seems like it would be a good time, like you mentioned, you bring Eddie in the band, you do the record, kind of get 
try and get back on you know back on this planet now this record can be a real true band effort because i'm mm-hmm. sure the first record you did after mitch's passing is not easy to do at all no definitely not yeah, that it, was rough it, that was you know that's that was where we weren't playing it safe by doing something uh traditional yeah you're uh, just trying to regroup right we were, yeah we were showing the world that something so tragic was not going to um, stop us. I mean, the name of the record is You Can't Stop Me, and mm-hmm. we didn't even title it that. It was Mitch's last words that he wrote is You Can't Stop Me. Mm-hmm. And to us, that's always been the precursor of why we should do it now and not on the next record. Mm-hmm. They didn't get a chance to do what they wanted to do on the next record with Mitch. Mm-hmm. And like, even saying that right now, I'm choking up a little bit because it's true. It's a fact. It's like we don't, we didn't get that chance. We didn't get a chance to hear what Mitch really wanted to do with music. You know, it's it's something that's stifled now, and it's all because we were playing it safe, catering to a music business, catering to a fandom, catering to all the things that brought us away from wanting to be a musician to begin with. Like, I wanted to play death metal and, and be in a death metal band because I, I didn't care about record sales, and I didn't care about the, the music industry. I didn't care about that. I wanted to be punk rock. I wanted the kids that felt left out in school, the kids who felt judicated, I wanted them to f- feel at home with our music. And that's what brought me here. So why the hell did I become this machine to uh, this machine slave to this death metal? It, it was it was completely backwards in my head, and um, it broke my heart. And it, what you're hearing on this record is that broken heart mm-hmm. uh, is the ten years of basically slamming my head against the wall and wondering why things weren't coming up daisies. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it 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 breaks my heart still to this day. It, it, it's, it's really hard to talk about, but here we are right we're here to show you that you can pick your head up after something so tragic you can find uh comfort in all the mistakes in the world and you can grow from it and you can become better you can become stronger and that's what this record is as well so how was that for you mark obviously you talk about like that's how I, that's and this sucky as this is sucky <laughs> 12 that's how i became familiar with with suicide silence mm-hmm. because you read about this on blabbermouth and then i'm calling shadows i'm like do you know these guys are from huntington just like you yep. and obviously matt had went through it with rev yep you know metallica with cliff and mm-hmm. and and the perfect example acdc bon scott obviously passed away right when they're at the cusp of getting to the next level yeah kind of the same thing that happened to you exact same thing really like we had just signed a deal to nuclear entertainment which was the new nuclear blast with monty connor running it where like roadrunner and nuclear came together yeah. it was a huge it was huge for us it was like pretty much our dreams were coming true you know we'd already released three records we were about to go uh, you know work on our senior record which would be our injustice for all <laughs> you know like following these footsteps and we were ready to do something that was more on the progressive tip just like injustice or, or and we were we were going to make that shift into doing the the integration of all of our influence and do something so much so much different and and really hammer out what we'd been trying to get out of our hearts and souls for a while and Mitch was the one that was really leading us as far as you know pushing the limits and really critiquing us he would be he, he like not like a lot of singers Eddie is is very much like this he's at the rehearsal Mitch was the same way Mitch would come and he would listen to us jam he wouldn't necessarily say anything but if it sucked he'd be like no mm-hmm. like that's that like let's not do that shit mm-hmm. but if it was something really out there he was always wanting us to do the most 
testy kind of things. Testies. You know, really just testy. You really are 12 years old. I know, we are, dude. It sucks I can't help suck, it. dude. You know, as serious as a conversation can be, like, yeah. it just goes that way. You got to throw that in there. What you saying? <laughs> but, like, it is. It's rough because, you know, him and I were really working together on all the music and working on, you know, starting to work on lyrics together and, and, and put together ideas of how, how to further take our our artistry and how to really just challenge people exactly what we're doing on this record it was it was him that wanted to lead that that role and you know he was coming into his own realizing he was a trendsetter you know he was people were doing a lot of things he was doing and you know for a while it was an identity kind of thing starting to believe you are what you know the industry or fans start to think you are and you know right before he passed he was really starting to feel comfortable with doing whatever he felt was good for himself which was like that first step towards you know being creatively free and uh, yeah i mean we worked on we worked in 2011 i remember specifically like the day we were in virginia and i was talking to mitch i was like dude what's next what's next for you guys you guys are pretty much reigning this deathcore world you guys are on the top you're selling a bunch of records you guys are killing it in all of your live shows you've been killing it for 10 years what's what's next for you guys like what are you what are you up to and one of the first things he said he goes i really want to step out of myself Mm -hmm. i'm taking vocal lessons Mm. i'm i really want to incorporate more melody into who we are i mean and i was at that point the black crown was out and i had already heard it i had already heard from no time to bleed uh, them taking ethereal steps, uh, you, you know, steps into where there's a bridge in the song and all of a sudden it's super spacey and this tripped out awesome thing in Deathcore, which didn't exist, mm-hmm. you know? And and then The Black Crown came out and I was like, this record right here, for me personally, I, I, I was a fan of that record. I thought that record was really showing their songwriting skills. It showed It showed how they could jump off of a cliff and it was, bring it right it back to heaviness. Time, it was the first time that we had uh, decided to give ourselves to the idea that the music is going to treat people mm-hmm. uh, like I maybe I'd said earlier like when we first started really going you know we wanted to piss people off and offend people yeah. and once we offended everybody we could offend we're yeah. like well now let's try and I mean for lack of a better term help people let's right. give our gift and gift this to the people that are going to hear it and really hope to you know help people out so we were coming we came up with like being positively negative you know so like when we have a song that's called everything really <laughs> like well everything like look around you appreciate what you have like none of this bullshit that's gonna bo- that bothers you matters like mm-hmm. we were trying we were trying to you know appeal to people and get them out of a a negative space and bring them to something that they could you know work them through their 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 issues and be a therapy session through music and yeah i mean it's it is it's really it's sad to it's sad to think that you know we really don't know what we would have what we would have yeah right? what we would have really would would have happened you know you can't stop me ended up being the perfect record for us post mitch coming out and being triumphant staying with that positively negative kind of our back in black. Uh, yeah, our back yeah, in black. Right, people, right, people loved yeah. it. People, people really responded to it well. But for us as creators, as people that you know strive to just always be testing ourselves, like it was fulfilling for a little. But then it was about, like about halfway through the touring cycle, I was I was already leaning towards. Hey, we need to get in the studio and write this next record. Like I'm a, like 
it, this was fun. This is great. Mm. I, I appreciate all the fans, and it's gotten bigger than I would have ever, ever expected. Totally. Especially for me. Like, I, it's the biggest platform I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just, at that point, I, was, I saw how we were all unsatisfied. I saw the band yearning to, to put something else out, to do something different, to really step into Suicide Silence mm-hmm. uh, and, and take it to where it was already geared up to t- to go you have to make a record like you said to kind of take that step from you know the grieving process and kind of move forward and once that record comes out and it's done now it's time to really be the new version of suicide silence exactly. with, with with eddie as the singer yeah right. when when you first find out about about mitch's passing mark is your initial regra- reaction is we have to continue on i don't want to do this anymore you know, like I said, not only from I didn't losing even your... think I didn't even really think about the band. Mm-hmm. You know, really like the place that we were at as individuals. I thought about sobriety. <laughs> right. I thought about I'm, I'm I got to clean myself up. I got to fix this shit because there had been something in my head for over you know three years at that point where I'm like, one day I'm gonna have to fix some shit that I'm doing to myself right now. Mm-hmm. And Mitch, you know, me and him were the were like ragers, like. Mm-hmm enraging mm-hmm. and uh you know people can say like mitch was an alcoholic and mitch you know was a drug addict or whatever it was like no mitch was just doing the same sure shit that everybody does when 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 we're you know in that position we're on tour we're drinking we're hanging out mm-hmm. and and it would just became an everyday lifestyle for us and you know when i when i heard that you know for it wasn't even that mitch had passed it was that mitch got in a wreck and that the, the only details were really like there's multiple dislocations and he's in the hospital right now. And I melted hmm. and I, I was uh, I was like an hour away from Orange County. I went home. It was Halloween night and I I was going to go to sleep early so that I could go to the studio the next day. And Mitch was going to record vocals for these two songs that we had worked on. One of them was what ended up being You Can't Stop Me. Um, but obviously he never made it to that sesh. And it was, it was just, I was falling apart, you know, as a, as a person. Mm-hmm. I didn't, the band, I didn't give a f-ing shit. I could care less. It was like, I was really worried and scared at that point that like everything that I had been afraid of as far as like my health and like things that I might be, might be getting out of my control. Now it was proving itself. And I was, mm-hmm. I was really just so lost, so lost. And, um, and then once it was, uh, once, you know, I drove up to Orange County and he had passed before I even got up there, I was just in shambles, dude. Like, so, so I knew I was at a point of needing to rebuild my entire world. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like a ad- identity crisis type thing. Where it's like, am I, am I, like, how do I, how do I do this? So the, the band was not on my radar, mm-hmm. but once, once we've shifted our, attention to his daughter and thinking about okay like mitch is gone like what can we do for him uh we at least had i and the group had something to put our energy towards which was the memorial show that we did and opening and starting the kennedy lucker foundation uh raising money for her so that when she turns 18 she can go to college and be and be taken care of because that was his number one that Mm -hmm. that was uh, when we were touring, why we toured so hard, and everything that was really driving the band was Mitch's daughter, him being a father. Um, yeah, it was like 2006 when he came up to me and we were on tour, and he's like, "Dude, 
I'm gonna have a kid. Yeah, that, and I, dude, that was sudden. That, and, we and thought the like, band was over. I was yeah. like, oh shit! He's I was like, kid? I was like, dude, our guitarist just had a kid too, and I don't think he's gonna tour that much. What are you gonna do? And him being like, no, nah, dude, I'm gonna take this band to the very, very top, and I need to do this for her. Like now, I have a purpose. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh shit! And I had never really seen anybody at that point do that. Uh, so you knew the band and toured with them because your band was oh, all yeah. Shall Perish, all, right? My old band was all Shall Perish. We did a tour in 2006. It was their first national tour and my first national tour with All Shall Perish. I had just joined the band and uh, we had we had just recorded uh, The Price of Existence. It's the name of that record. And um, uh, we did, it was uh, 50, 56 shows in 60 days. Wow. And it was sick. It was. It was. It was honestly not so much sick for the singers, but it, yeah. it, but but you know what? We were we were also jazz. I was I was twenty two, twenty three years old. Yeah, and I was just like on fire. Everything about what I did needed to be full bore. It was it was wartime, man. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was time to it was time to attack the world with our sound. And none of us had catalogs of music, so we were really only playing like half hour. Yeah, totally. Night, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One album each. Yeah, I'm yeah. all talking like I was on stage really sweating it out. It was a Springsteen set or something. Yeah. It was 30 minutes. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, we were we wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Uh but it, it was that tour that really I mean, Mitch and I got matching tattoos on that tour. Like, yeah. we were real cute. And <laughs> hey, bro, we'll get a tattoo, like matching tattoos first, and then the whole tour package. You'll get it right. <laughs> Nobody else got it. And my band actually gave me shit for a long time. They were like, huh, "Well, who has a matching tattoo with another guy? Lord of gayness." <laughs> I, I do too. <laughs> me and Shadows have the Halloween uh, yes. pumpkin. Oh, uh, nice, yeah. dude. Marcus Steiger would probably kiss that tattoo. He loves Halloween. Does uh, he? Halloween's a nuclear blast band. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, yeah, there so, you go. So me and, me and Shadows are huge Halloween fans, so I, that's awesome. I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, yeah, it was that, it was that, that tour that really uh, solidified uh, our friendship, and uh, we were always, we always had this kind of friendship rivalry going on where I wanted my band to be as big, and I wanted for us to really have that kind of, Work ethic to where we tour all the time. I told. And I remember, Mitch always wanted us to be like more progressive, like All Shall Perish. So it was like it was this. Wow. It was this awesome rivalry that went on, and I, I, that's why I'm in the band. It, it, that, Seems like you're the perfect guy to step in. That, there was the, no tryouts. There was no anything. Once once the decision was made, that's like, all right, we want to do the band again. And once our other guitar player who started the band which was funny that he started the band and Mitch basically joined the band without telling anybody who was going to join. There was another singer and Mitch <laughs> he got kicked, on stage. He, the other guy. <laughs> he got on stage one show, their second show, sang and and was like, "Hey, uh, this guy's not going to be in the band anymore." And, and that was how like Mitch got in the band. Like like uh, but yeah, once Garza, our other guitar player, he was like, "If we change the name, like I'm going to quit." And once I heard him say that, I was like, "Well, that means that there's passion. That means we're still here. Like mm-hmm. let's let's get it going again." And then Eddie's name was thrown in the hat, and there was no other option. It was just like, if he'll do it, then we're going to do that. And, and, the, and how was that for you, having to leave the band to come to? Well, it, it's it's he made it, us wait a month. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I told us yes or no. Playing hard well, to get. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know. Mm. Uh, not it was it was a, it was a time for that. Um, my band at the time, uh, we had gone. I mean, pretty much the whole original lineup, except for the bass player and myself, uh, had quit. Uh, touring had become a little bit too much. Our guitarist, uh, who had a wife and kids and a job and, and a business, uh, t-shirt printing, uh, business, he was seeing the, the weight of 
having to be in a band when your heart's somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And um, the other members just couldn't deal with another member in the band, and they quit. So we kind of had this, like, skeleton band put together of really amazing musicians, and we were still doing something, but everybody was fighting the the grain. Uh, Everybody was, you know... It, we wanted to tour as comfortably as possible, but we're a band that doesn't sell more than 100,000 CDs. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, you're going to have to tour in a van and trailer, yeah. and you're going to have to work your ass off. That's just part of being an underground mm-hmm, band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fear uh, was overbearing. We, I, had, I, had a, I was already, like, I had a job, and I was already booking uh, shows, so I had already kind of given up on touring and being in this sensational band we had seen it too that's the reason why his name even got brought up oh. because we heard that ben who was he who he's talking about who had the t-shirt company we heard he quit all shot parish and we're like about oh, shit ben quit like that band's kind of falling apart maybe eddie would want to do this mm-hmm. and and it, it really was that it really was that time and uh sure enough as soon as i told my guys and the reason i made him wait is because i i needed to talk to my guys first and uh, I, I i put it to them like this i was like look we can remain a band everybody can do what they want to do is have jobs on the side and treat this like a side project this is the perfect opportunity for that and uh when uh when i made the decision all of a sudden they went up in arms and they're like no we need to take this band extremely seriously and then they kicked me out oh wow yeah, so that so that, that that was that was that was a uh, yeah exactly so so for me it was it was kind of it was extremely like emotionally uh just i was well, in, in, in a place years, it, it was right? my baby and for them to be like no and i remember signing the contract that was signing me out of the band and being like i'm literally breaking up with my mm. with my band right now and here you guys go i i, I went in, i broke out in hives wow. because uh the 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 uh the pressure from the fans of my announcement and then having to sign this contract and then the pressure of like making sure that I was doing something correct and not doing something that was going to seem forced. Um, it, the pressure of all that was just, it was really heavy at the time yeah. and it was good for me because it kept me passionate and it kept, kept me kind of in line didn't let me kind of fall into some kind of big-headed uh you know egotistical you know mumbo jumbo that people mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. fall into when 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 you get attention all of a sudden it, it kept me grounded my own self you know my my own disturbed uh, right. way of way of dealing with things it so, kept it kept me kept me floored and I, I went into that studio about as humble as possible you know i just lost everything but gained everything at the same time how did the fans react when they heard that you were in the band about about how they're reacting right now to the new music okay, now it's all your fault <laughs> it's all my fault you know it's it's uh, how how dare you who do you think you are um uh, I got the the real the real crazy off the off off the off the deep end fans started uh, threatening my life. Uh, th- they threatened my mother's life, my family. They're Damn, like, we're dude. gonna we're gonna wipe your name off the face of the earth. Type type uh, you know There's Don some Corleone that type. Support you though. Too. Uh, yeah, th- I'm saying that's that was the initial that's reaction, the, yeah, and then yeah. and then and then the you know the support was also overwhelming it was like you know, you it was like we love your old band uh, you know uh, you know i i wasn't a fan of suicide songs but now you're in the band and i, I i'm going to stick behind mm-hmm. you guys i back you guys 100 percent. so there was also that which because you know, the thing the thing about that happens it's not like okay i don't know the first one that pops into mind is like a okay, journey so steve perry's still alive but they've got another guy singing maybe i can understand arnell, arnell right <laughs> but you're talking about somebody that's passed away mm-hmm. it being mad that you got a new singer it's like well what do you want us to do like <laughs> yeah. should we wait until this deal hologram 
Eminem thing is more perfected and go Jeez. out with that as the singer. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't understand that concept of yelling, you know, like when when Randy yeah. Rhodes dies and Jakey Lee comes in, Jakey Lee, Randy forever. Well, he's right. dead, dude. Yeah. What do you want yeah. me to do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's kind of a way to, to test. It's testing somebody's strength, which is kind of kind of badass in a way you know you're like hey dude are you really a badass like mm. like the dude that i know was a badass mitch was a badass mm. so that this is what people are going to check you and if if you are are threatened by it if it breaks you down if it makes you want to run away then you were never meant to be there to begin with mm -hmm. and that person is absolutely right but if you may if you prove them wrong that person is going to support you harder than anybody else exactly it's also similar to right now we made a we made a, a lane change in our sound and we made a complete image change with our singer not at all does eddie look like mitch so no, when our, no when our fans when our fans are, are seeing it's like you got someone who doesn't look like mitch at all that's the first thing they're going to think it's like this isn't mitch you know mm -hmm. like you're never going to be able to do what Mitch does and and they're judging it as as something that it's they're used to something that they hold and that is theirs mm -hmm. and Mitch and Mitch was you know a lot of people's favorite front man and to to you know replace I quote it's like to, to have to replace it's like we're not trying to replace Mitch like we're we're gonna move forward with him you know still with us and we're going to keep suicide silence alive for mitch yeah, yeah. it's not it's it's in no way in hell would mitch ever want us to stop because he died yeah you know me and him me and him made the pact we'll never quit this band mm -hmm. so i'm not gonna quit you know i'm not right. gonna quit because mitch you nor know, would he expect that yeah. no so it's it's ultimately for us i'm glad that we can realize this it's just good that we have people that care so much about what totally. we are up to passionate fans and and when it comes down to it like we're we do keep ourselves in a in a higher regard when it comes to what we're going to do because this is our you know our craft our our baby you know so our fans are right there below it we care a lot about them and we're here for them but on the same token like we are still doing these these massive changes and massive moves and we will continue to do this to to test them mm -hmm. to make sure that you know you love this we love it more than you i promise mm -hmm. yeah. and we're going to show you trust us yeah, yeah. we're going to yeah. show you how like what it's our all band, about we're not letting you down I don't know. that's what this record is you know now you've seen the backstory and you see where, where the hell we come from it helps you understand what this record is about mm -hmm. uh it it is that it's us showing the fans that even if we're experimenting, if we're doing something outside of our box, that it's who we are. We've always been this. We're here to challenge. We're here to make a statement. We're here to be a band that doesn't fall in line. And honestly, the, the backlash, the, the petitions online that we were talking about, that's, like he said, it's proving that the fans have a passion and that they're there. And I back the fact that some kid is out there going, no. I'm going to fight for what I think is right. It, it's right for you right now. That's mm -hmm. fine. You can feel that way. This record allows you to feel that way. It's giving the people a, a voice in a mm -hmm. way. Sure. It gives me a voice. I'm, I'm here to say, no, what you're saying is cool, and I'm here to and I'm going to fight that. I'm going to fight that this is one of the truest forms of art that I've ever put out. Uh, I'm very proud of the work that I did on this. I, I, I worked extremely hard on myself and dove extremely, extremely deep into my like, like my sub psyche to bring 
sounds that come from my influences, come from, you know, my Mike Patton influences, my Jonathan Davis influences, my Chino Moreno influences, my Corey Taylor influences, all those things that Ross Robinson embodies in so many ways. And I finally got a chance to work with this guy. Why the hell would I sit on my hinds and write something that I know I can do, knock it out of the park a hundred percent? Why would I do that? No, I'm here to, I'm here to challenge myself. Just like you should be challenging yourself every day. That's what life is about. If not, you're not living. I'm here to live, baby. (laughs) (laughs) How how was the first show you played with Eddie uh, and for you, Eddie, to sing with Suicide Solution for the first Suicide Solution. (laughs) Suicide Solution. (laughs) 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 I still had Ozzy on the brain. (laughs) (laughs) Suicide Silence. The first show we did was at Soundwave in Melbourne. Melbourne. What a great tour that was, man. Yeah, it was really good. It was 2014. Yeah, me too. Um, that's like the greatest tour of all time, I yeah. believe. It was a great, it was yeah. a traveling stadium tour. Yep. Yeah. Like a festival, but yeah. you'd travel with everybody. It's like yep. summer camp. And yep. way Green bigger Day than the American festival. Like yeah, the craziest. That was Metallica yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Blink. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, uh, the, the, thing, the thing for me on that tour was... Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, this is not—I didn't get a trial run. Uh, yeah. I, we didn't do anything in small in the states first. You know, I'm not used to this. What's going on? I, I, you know, the biggest example of shows that I had played in that nature was, you know, festivals in Europe or the festival run on Mayhem in 2011. That was that, that was about as big as shows, the biggest shows I'd ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. And here, we threw him to the wolves. Yeah, yeah. We right. Knew, we knew we were doing that. Right. Too. Oh yeah. We wanted to do that. See how he does. Yeah, we yeah. made the plan. We're like, all right, we're gonna do this. Soundwave should be our first tour back because we have great Australian fans. Mm-hmm. They're diehard. Uh, it's it's we're we're like more celebrities in Australia for some reason than most places in the world, and just like going there, people love Suicide Silence. So we knew that if it's like we bring Eddie, we throw him out there in front of all these people that are gonna have hold, hold very high expectations. If he kills it, then then that's great. And he murdered it, and everybody was there to pay attention, and it was it was really a cathartic kind of thing because well one it was the first time that i played a show sober in a very long oh, fucking right. time wow yeah, yeah uh, and and then uh just surrounded by friends on stage and it was like first time i got to look over and see eddie and not see mitch which was pretty intense but awesome mm-hmm. uh, but then looking to my right you know on the side of the stage and seeing just all of my friends that you know I've known forever and have always been in my corner and always helped me through Mitch's passing from other bands from other bands uh you know and having them there and everybody in in industry people you know uh literally tears and 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 things like that it was just it was very much like all right this is happening and then we got to like you know somewhere in the set wherever the wall of death was and then just watching like the crowd going (laughs) insane and we're like and it was just like all right this is all really this is it. This is this is the beginning of whatever we're doing now, which mm-hmm. which is which is, you know, feeling like the 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 highest mountaintops we've really been on in our whole career is just this, you know, this whole this whole process of of, of sorry having, for laughing. No, of course, but it's all good. Uh, you're talking here like, and all I'm thinking is right before going on stage, our drummer oh, yeah. had literally the biggest technical foul up that you could ever like he we almost did not go on stage on time and you know Soundwave if you don't go on stage on time you missed your set set, so my first what happened oh so trigger module blue oh gotcha our our trigger module module blue and I'm sitting here like focusing and like eye of the tiger and I look up (laughs) and Alex is going oh my god oh my god we're not gonna go on stage what's going on 
right now. Like, what? And I'm like, and I'm like, like what? what? <laughs> Can I please go home right now? <laughs> and that was that. He's saying all this is like grandiose and awesome, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but I was but. tripping balls, dude. I was freaking the. F- out it was it was really 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 scary for me and then i go on stage and everything goes away right, and it's sure. like and it's like pff, money go, once go that time. first note hits you're fine yeah dude. we had to be eddie's support system <laughs> when, when he first joined the band like we were all very much uh we'd been home for a while you know losing mitch and then and then getting this like time off and to write a record like it was the longest time away from the road we've had in nine years or something so we were refreshed you know we were very much at the top of our game and having him come in getting all this criticism all this pressure all these interviews people just putting him on the spot about everything he was you know rightfully so you know pretty you know nervous yeah. you know and yeah. and we we had to be strong you know like and just support him through everything and uh and everything was going pretty well and soundwave got locked in but then yeah when when alex blew the trigger before the first show <laughs> he, that was you you were freaking out i was and, like i was like uh uh uh, uh <laughs> like what is going on and then literally that could have been the, the best thing that ever happened because uh, at that point you're like okay cool we we can fight through anything like, right if you can get through that we, yeah. if we got through this it's like uh, two minutes before going on stage it was we we had already done the hands in we were like <laughs> we were fired up to, to all right you guys ready go team blue blah ever give me a hell yeah hell yeah f- yeah let's go ah wait my trigger modules what? <laughs> what? What? Right, two minutes? What? <laughs> and 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 there's like a ten thousand, fifteen thousand kids waiting. That was the part that made me nervous. It was just like, if we don't go on stage, the the, the blowback's not going to go on Alex Lopez for messing up or like it's, it's Eddie Romita was a pussy and didn't go on go. stage. <laughs> that that's what stage people were. Fright. Yeah. So that's that's where I was. My mind was at. And then from there, it was. I don't even like. I don't remember the middle. I remember that moment. And I remember today. Coming like, off the stage it, it, triumphantly. It, yeah, it's like, it's it's been one hell of a ride. Mm-hmm. And, and literally, it's taught me so much about myself. I've learned to let go on stage. Uh, I've I've been adopted by Suicide Silence. And Suicide Silence wasn't just Mitch it's 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 a it's a way of being it's a mm. way of life it's it's a it's a positive revolution inside of yourself it's a it's a centered um kind of woo-woo way of looking at things it's it's like hey dude like yeah you're coming at me all crooked but guess what man I still love you mm-hmm. like and that that right there it's like hey don't be afraid of anything have some balls and really do right, what you're right, what you're right. set sure, out sure, to do sure. and we've, I, been, we've I, been criticized our whole career exactly. for not being death metal enough you know <laughs> and mitch not looking like a traditional death metal singer which he didn't yeah. he did not at all so that's where the deathcore thing came from people didn't want to call us death metal and we wanted to be a death metal band you know when we first started so us getting called deathcore and being like just you know pigeonholed you know, mm-hmm, as, as mm-hmm. most bands don't want to be, we were. We were right. like, you're this. And that's what that's what people told us. So it's like us being told what we were, like we had to be super thick-skinned and just, you know, back up what we had and, and just murder everything and just be the most that's brutal and, yeah. and just slay. So, like, you know, that, when, that when, helps, Eddie, when Eddie came in... That helps you a lot, man. <laughs> when that's what you have to be because that's what that's what the band represents, it... it, it flows into your veins sure. and you Puts become you that position, yeah. and I, I'm sure enough I'm watching videos from 2013 or for, I'm sorry 2014 when I first started playing with the band to 
the corn tour that we did in October of 2015. I'm oh, sorry, no. Yeah. Corn tour was 2015? Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> did you see your Hello, kids. Yeah. My mind has gone into apple shit. <laughs> uh, basically, seeing those videos and then seeing how we've advanced or how we've become more comfortable with each other and become a unit, It's it's blow, it blows my mind yeah, even. Yeah. And, and I realize that it's become a, a coat that I wear. Mm-hmm. And it's become a coat that we all wear together at the same time. It's a really cool thing, man. And it gave us the basis. It gave us the basis to be where we're at today. It, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. You know, being in this band has made me become a stronger person and a, and a better person. Which you would have to. There's a lot of pressure put on you. Yeah, but absolutely. D- just a few more things I have to bring up. We were in the studio the other day doing the Fozzie record, and we were just, like, looking at videos. Like, oh, let's look at some different videos. So we looked at Garden of Eden, Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. how that's all filmed kind of, like, in a fisheye lens. Yep. And then and then Rich Ward was like, you got to see this one, the suicide, uh, suicide silence for... Um, um, you only live once. You only live once in the shooting range. Yeah. Unbelievable video. The band is playing, and then all these people, some kids, some chicks, just take out guns and just start just killing you guys. Yep. Blood packs everywhere, yep. but you never die. You just keep yep. rocking. Yep. What a great video. 55 million views I saw today. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. insane. And, and that and that idea came from our all the all the criticism like I was speaking about. Like we all the people that were shooting at us, we were kind of uh placing them in little areas of like okay these people you know they hate on suicide here's a fan, silence. Here's here's a fan. A, yeah. yeah there's my ex-girlfriend literally <laughs> shooting me um, <laughs> just getting off on it yeah, Son of a bitch. yeah. Uh, and then and then to end it all like the priest blowing us up with the bazooka um, <laughs> so it, great yeah it, i mean it was it was all just kind of a camped out like not not really a serious but such a great thing. idea though yeah. with the blood packs and everything yep. i mean that looked like i mean that must have been kind of fun yeah. so much fun so much <laughs> fun to this day still talk about the blood yeah well because at the end of the shoot the whole the floor was like an inch thick of of blood and uh yeah it was fun i mean it was all you know we're playing and we had the parts where you know the director was like all right this is where we're gonna shoot so it's like three two one like react act to it and then somebody we had a a, like a co2 shot you know uh line up our pants or whatever and they just shoot it off and explode with blood and just like uh, ham it up and act all crazy (laughs) uh and, and it was a lot of just uh, the only thing we had planned was we're going to be in here and we're going to get shot at everything that happens in the video was all just us kind of riffing and, and coming up with different it's ideas great. you know getting shot in the leg falling on the ground and doing the guitar solo <laughs> uh, yeah that, that was an it was also an intense long day we started at six and didn't get done in the morning didn't get done till midnight and uh you know just to furthermore how badass mitch was as a performer uh, he threw himself at that video and had to go to the hospital after because he had like his neck was so displaced from headbanging <laughs> so all rocking. day. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's a, that was a really that, really good. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on YouTube. Yeah, man. it's a great piece of work. But yeah. last question, it's one for each of you. First sure. of all, your favorite song on Suicide Solution, which is hard because I know they're all your children. What <laughs> is the one that stands out for you? Suicide Solution again. Sorry, now I got my head. It's a good time. <laughs> See, I, I thought Suicide Solution, Suicide Silence is the name of the band, ladies and gentlemen. What? I thought I was booking Suicide Solution. Guys, call my agent. Call uh, my manager. We're uh, we're we're uh, per fans' request, we're changing our name to Suicide Solution. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Jericho knows. Yeah. And there's gonna be a song called Suicide. 
Suicide Solution on the Suicide Solution album. I'm Zach Miles. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> totally. You look a little bit like a skinny Edge, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. From, from, edge, w, from the wrestler. wrestler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not Edge from YouTube. You're, that's crazy you're telling me that, because I've gotten that before, but never from you a, kinda a do have it. Even facially, you kind of, you yeah. as soon as you walk crazy. in, you're like, oh, he kind of looks like Edge. Dude, he's, hey, like he's a handsome he's guy. He's a handsome devil. <laughs> handsome devil. Favorite song on Suicide Silence, the new record? Um, the fi- My favorite song... I would have to say the song Conformity. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's our ballad. It was like uh, we went into it, kind of in my in my mind. I was I was really really pumped on doing a ballad. I, I've I've always wanted to do my my every rose has its thorn. You know, <laughs> nothing I've, else matters. Yeah, I want, I, I want, you know the the the, uh, the Mr. Big song. You know what I mean? To be with you, dude. Mm. It, that that is soul. that is like amazing. That to me will forever hold. You know the the VH1 video like, <laughs> like yeah. place in my heart. Yeah. So it's like I've always wanted to do that a song that you can do just acoustic and vocals. And Garza wrote the riff, mm-hmm. and when he wrote that riff, I was like, oh my god! Like I felt I felt at peace. I felt like whole, and uh, and everything else just flowed from there. And watching the song come together, the chorus coming together per a conversation with with Ross and I talking about the state of the music industry the state of people in general how complacent we are to the news to politics uh, every, you know as soon as somebody says something you're like oh yeah I agree with that and now that's my new belief system mm-hmm. and beliefs are cages uh, if, if you want to get ethereal with me and once you put that cage over yourself you're you're conforming to something even though you could be the most nonconformist human being and conformity is about that it's kind of taking it's a joke it's a poke at what the metal scene has become it's become so conformist it's become so uh, contrived especially the underground metal scene it's like you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do that and this song is the two middle fingers in the okay. air to that song that's it's it's what, us literally putting our hands in the air and what about live which one of uh, of mitch's songs do you like to sing because obviously they're probably very personal in a lot of ways to him and you've had to adopt those lyrics and make them your own as you sing them of course uh the song unanswered for me will always be uh, a very very close to home song because i'm not atheist uh, i'm agnostic and that song isn't uh what is, what is agnostic? Agnostic is uh, is the belief that uh, there is no exact way of being able to put words or a f- your finger on religion. Atheists is you don't believe in God. Atheists is, is you be- atheists believe is very scientific. It's gotcha. like our bodies do this, and when you die, you turn off and you go in the ground mm-hmm. and you become soil for. It. And agnostic is. Our minds are not capable of understanding. I understand. It. So, it. so it's, agnostic it, front. Agnostic front. <laughs> yeah. um, now I know what it means. Yeah, yeah. After all these years, <laughs> and, and, and that song is more agnostic than it is atheist. It's 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 a challenge to God to show Himself. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here. I'm a human being. Obviously, there is a, a God out there. Show yourself. Be here with me because I'm lost. Mm-hmm. And that song is a very heavy duty song for me. It's it, you know it, it, it gets the crowd chanting, "Where is your God? Where is your God? Where is your?" God, that to me is like the, one of the most powerful mm. songs live because the, everybody knows it. And then the song "Disengage" is also just uh, for me. It's very fun to play. It's the song we do the Wall of Death on, and, <laughs> and the opening riff. It just gets me pumped. It's like taking a shot of coffee. It's like, Pah, here, we, here go. we go. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mark? Favorite song on the new record and favorite song to play live? Conformity uh, also is probably my favorite. But since he explained it already. I would go on the other spectrum of uh, our kind of ballady song, the song that everybody calls my song. Uh, it's a song called Dying in a Red Room. 
actually called Planet Heilman. Yeah, my last name is Heilman, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and everyone was calling it Planet Heilman when we were working on it because it's very spacey, and, and uh, the, the main riff is something that came to me while I was on a wild trip one time, like in the back lounge of our bus. Uh, and uh, Going into Canada, actually. Yeah, about nice. to go to Canada. There was, there, was a, there was a couple of, uh, <laughs> of, of things that were floating around on the bus that weren't allowed to be on the bus when we were crossing over the... <laughs> so over we the, ingested them. They were on the organic side. Yes, yes, but, yes. Uh, uh, so I was just in the back lounge... Uh, playing this little acoustic guitar that I have and this not even the riff came out this was just a technique that I had never really done which is just a, a funny little thing and if you listen to the song you'll hear it in the guitar if it's hypnotizing it's mm-hmm. just it's just very circular it's just breathing and circular and uh, and that that was the first time that I ever tapped into a very natural state of my playing that was that's not technical and wild it's something simple and really cool to hear and the fact that it turned into a song i remember we were working on the song and i remember garza asking like where do you see the song going and i'm like see it just just go it's just going it's just, <laughs> it's, it's not going to go anywhere it's going to stay where it is and it's going to kind of make you feel weird for being there yeah and uh it's got just a feeling to it, a vibe to it, and Eddie's vocals are the first time he's ever. It's all clean vocals throughout mm. the whole entire song, uh, very melodic and 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 driving, and probably one of the, some of the coolest drum beats that Alex has ever done. It's just a cool step for us, you know. Right. And, oh, and it's also when Brandon Boyd, cool name drop from yeah. Incubus, was in the studio with <laughs> us. Uh, it, we were showing him all these these songs and. You know, he was semi-familiar with uh, with our with our old stuff, and he heard that song, and he was like, "Man, like it's really obvious when a band is, uh, you know, steps out of what they're used to doing, but are very comfortable in something else." And he was like, "This song is really, really good." And then mm-hmm. it just like exploded <laughs> me. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, thanks, that's so cool. <laughs> but uh, how about live? And then favorite live, uh, disengage. Like he was saying, that song is Mitch talking about. Uh, you know, one day there will be no more pain uh, and everything will slip away and, and basically talking about dying mm-hmm. and talking about the day that he, 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 whenever, you know, he dies. And he was obsessed with that shit. He was mm. obsessed with, you know, what it was, what, what happens when you die. And he was obsessed with, you know, aliens and what the hell humans are and all this stuff. So like that song was one of those songs when we uh, were writing all our, our old music was one of those things where we were trying to step outside and do something new and a little different. And it, it ended up being a, a song we wrote in a day that's a little bit different than any of our other songs and still was one of those jump-off points to to where we are now, like mm-hmm. just experimenting and going different places. And I always, I am constantly just thinking about him when I'm when we're playing that song. So that's great, man. Well, yeah. it's good talking to you guys. And the yeah. record is Suicide Silence. Uh, the band is Suicide Silence, although you can call them Suicide Solution. Sure, yeah, as can. well. Yeah. If you want to start a real petition, start the petition <laughs> to change the name to Suicide Solution. Chris Jericho gets credit for that, so you heard it here, right? I want ten percent, kids. Thanks, our new manager, Chris Jericho. There you go. Hell yeah. All right, the new self-titled Suicide Silence album came out today, and you definitely want to check out this record if you're a fan of the band or if you've never heard them. Forget the petition. The album's out anyways. Nothing's going to stop them. And even if you sign that stupid thing, why would you? I still urge you to give the new album a chance. All we are saying...
is give the album a chance. Hear for yourself how the guys challenge themselves to step out of their comfort zone and to try something new to grow as artists and, and musicians. Hey, man, I can uh, definitely uh, understand that. It's always good to reinvent yourself. It's always good to evolve as a performer, uh, to evolve as a musician. Uh, and that's I think they've done a great job. Uh, it's really a heavy album with a lot of great tunes. And wait till you see them do, uh, do the album live. That'll convince you. Suicide Silence is touring now. They're out with Plague Vendor and Cameron Argon. You can see dates and get tickets at Suicide silence.net go check that out you can get the new album on their website and of course you can also get it on amazon and if you do that please use the talk is jericho links all my amazon links are at podcast1.com click on the killer deals button in the top right corner of the page then hit the talk is jericho button and while i'm handing out thanks big thanks for making the jericho network at podcast one such a huge success and for those of you who listen to the latest episode of keeping it 100 with conan you know it's debuting this monday it's the newest show on the jericho network the raven effect featuring raven he's a crazy crazy scott Levy, you know Raven and his podcast Flock are going to take on everything, pop culture politics, conspiracies, current events and as Raven says, General Muckety Muck, that's Raven for you you're going to be well entertained this Monday and every Monday with the Raven effect, I've been waiting for a long time to bring Raven aboard, I'm very excited to have him with uh, me here on the Jericho Network, go hit subscribe on iTunes now so you don't miss the big debut and please go ahead and subscribe to all the great Jericho Network podcasts we got five days every week, every weekday Scary Awesomeness with Beyond the darkness speaking of awesomeness team tiger awesome dropping new laughs every sunday and they were also on talk is jericho last week with high school confidential on wednesday you got to check that out uh monday the bully bad haircuts worst teachers first kiss high school bands it's a very funny conversation about our high school years and of course killing the town with storm and cyrus lance did not like festival of friendship i wrote him up he's on notice uh, any any more shenanigans like that not liking anything that i do he's gonna get fired uh, i also got <laughs> of course keep it 100 with Conan, of course, as well. The Jericho Network's monster flagship show. That's every Thursday. We got your week covered. And don't forget, I also got you covered. March 15th, 2017. It's the biggest podcast ever. Mick Foley finally joins Talk is Jericho. Just a few weeks away. We've been talking about it for a year. Thank you uh, for that. Thank you for listening when you do. And keep listening right now for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next and next weekend on Wednesday. We got legendary wrestling promoter Tony Candelo is going to be here. If you've ever heard anything about Canadian wrestling, Edge, Christian, Lance Storm, Don Callis, Chris Jericho, uh, everybody, Rhino, everybody has worked for Tony Candelo and has the crazy stories. Uh, Dr. Luther has talked about him many times on, on my podcast and on Killing the Town. You do not want to miss Tony Candelo this Wednesday. Uh, oh, my gosh. This guy's been promoting for 40 years uh, from Stu Hart, Vince McMahon's story. Stories, Vern Gagne stories. That might be Tony Candelo calling right now. But he will be here on Wednesday. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Have a great weekend. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, it's Jordan Harbinger. For the last 10 years, I've successfully helped people build their self-confidence with my Art of Charm podcast. And now, along with Art of Charm, I'm hosting a new show. It's Podcast One's latest program, The Forbes List. On the show, we talk to the Forbes editors that curate their famous and respected lists, like self-made richest people, billionaires, and highest-paid athletes. We'll get behind-the-scenes insight and information that doesn't make the print cut. It launches this week, on February 16th. So please subscribe on iTunes to the Forbes list, and don't forget to rate us, review, and share.